Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. DraftKings picks for the Thanksgiving slate only. Three game slate. We got six teams. And there's going to be a lot of duplicated lineups. We're going to try to figure out a way around this. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, here's what you do. You smash the like button for the episode. You leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. And you tell me who your favorite sleeper on this slate is. The the low-owned guy no one's going to use that Pat needs to put into his lineup. He wants to win some money on the Thanksgiving DraftKings slate. And if you want to get into a draw for 60 DK dollars, all you need to do is go to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Subscribe to that shit right away. Then, download the episodes. Then, five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show. There will be at least two winners of the reviews. And if you reviewed last week, you can review it again. Not that big of a deal. I'm sure you're going to have some time on your hands over a four-day holiday weekend. I I doubt anyone's going back to work on Friday. So, you have the 30 seconds to spare to get into a draw for 60 DK bucks, and boom. You'll be good to go. Joining me on the show to break down this mini slate, and there'll be a full field breakdown later in the week for the Sunday slate with Ben Raza, who won 250K last weekend. So we're going to get him to talk through that. A guy who did not win 250K on the weekend, the leader of the Patrick Laird fan club from last week. It's Davis Maddock. What's up? I did not win $200,000. I did get followed by a backup running back on the Miami Dolphins. So who's to say who had the better weekend between me and Mr. Raza? Well, you do enjoy yourself a good virtual currency. I I guess in the virtual currency of followers, you're doing great. Uh, I am. I am that, you know what that's, and that's the currency that we all deal in Pat that, that turns into future clicks that turns into future subscriptions and ratings and reviews on the podcast. So who am I to complain? Yeah, you can catch me on Davis's podcast, The Take Cast, uh, right now. It's up there. You can go listen to it. I swear to God, if you go hit the feed, it'll probably be the last episode that's up there. So I recommend everyone go do that. If you got some time to kill, it's a bit of an evergreen show. So if you got a long car ride, you'll have plenty of Pat Mayo experience I or experiences to get through to kill that time. Plus a Take Cast. You'll be good to go. You'll be there. You'll be at Grandma's in no time. What do you do for Thanksgiving? Because I have an annual tradition, but uh, I'm... Sure, it's way different than everyone else's because I'm not in America and not American. So I've had a couple different traditions. One was, you know, obviously the tradition when you live at home, then the tradition when you're in college. And now the tradition when I'm an adult is uh, generally I, I just go home for a day. So I I just go back to where I'm from. I drive from wherever I'm from or I fly wherever I'm living at the time. And I go back. I I leave on Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon, uh, do Thanksgiving there, and then leave again on on Friday morning back to my my grandma's house in Salina, Kansas. A very, you know, just just your typical cow town. Probably not that uh, dissimilar from your little village in Nova Scotia. I mean, you do like to bring this up. I am from a town of 450,000 people. Yeah, it's it's a big city. It, it's just a joke. Nah, I don't think so. I think you get very confused about these populations. Well, it's a, it's a cow town. It's, it's, it's a village compared to Toronto, right? Yes, this is true. There's like 7 million people here. So, But this is also, it, it, it's like living in the New York City of Canada. Like if you live in New York, you live in LA, you live in Chicago, you live in Houston, it's big. Everywhere else is like not not as big. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's all it is. So when I think of you leaving, first of all, when I think of Nova Scotia, I literally just think of like rocky, cold beaches and that that's it. That's all I've got for Nova Scotia. Uh, you forgot about alcoholism. Alcoholism. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's rocky, cold beaches, alcoholism. That's about it. Smoking. People love smoking. 
people, I, I, that's actually true. That's a great point you make when you go anywhere that the more desolate it is, uh, the less access they have to, to fun sorts of, uh, ways to express themselves, you know, less, less yoga centers, less sensory deprivation tank access, the more likely people are to be into smoking. I mean, I think I'd rather take smoking over that stuff. You dude, you've never done a float tank. I've done a float tank once. Not for me. Oh, it's not for me either in the sense of like, I'm like a very caffeinated, uh, chatty, you know, mind a mile a minute addicted to my cell phone kind of person. I will say after I, I did it last week and I will say the, the experience of being in there, I would rate like five out of 10, six out of 10, but the, the level headedness of my brain the day after and how well I slept that night, 10 out of 10. See, that's what I get out of like running on a treadmill. I just, my brain turns off for an hour and then I feel great for 24 hours. Um, yeah, uh, it's a very similar thing. It's just, it's just whatever your way is of just clearing your mind out a little bit. I, I, I mean, you know, you and I've talked about this, you know, I, I have my, I have my gym time recommended and you do as well. Mine is definitely less relaxing though. Like I'm, I'm generally not like relaxing or clearing my mind at all whenever I'm exercising. Yeah. Well, you say you go on like the stepper, or like the elliptical or on the treadmill, then you answer emails for an hour. Like I can't do that. If I'm at the gym, I'm, I'm there to work out. Yeah, no, I, if I see, cause I go in the middle of the day, I don't like to go in the morning cause I'm not awake and I don't like to go, uh, I don't like to go at night because then it's just, you know, it's going to get like, I'm not going to be able to fall asleep as easily. So I kind of go in the middle of the day and it's just like part of my work day. What if you went when you should be building lineups, therefore didn't have any Patrick Laird lineups? Man, if I, if I, <laughs> I mean, just, it's, it's, it's unreal. The amount of, uh, it's just, my life would be a lot different if I had that hour of lineup building, well, longer on Sunday, but that hour of lineup building during the week, you know, whether it be for baseball or for basketball, I, I can't even imagine how different my life would be getting that hour back. Did it worry you? And I, I know the whole deal between you and Pete here, but a lot of people took this very seriously, including one Mr. Tim Andercust who jumped on the Laird bandwagon. I mean, once once he jumped in, I was like, oh, our chances of getting any fantasy points are they're nil. Like I like I, clearly the whole thing was a bit like it was just it was a very fun joke that spawned out of Peter, who is very funny, definitely more funny than I am. And uh, I, I love something I think I'm very good at is realizing when something is going to be successful and glomming onto it. And I realized <laughs> that this Patrick Laird joke was going to be really good. So I just kind of followed Peter on that. But once I realized that Andercust was on, no, it was all downhill from there. Yeah, we, we did it live on the show on Sundays and we'll be live again this Sunday. No Friday show this week at like a regular friday show we're splitting the DraftKings show up we're splitting the pick show up into two separate shows so a mini one then a longer one so i have to give people new content fresh content because that's the one thing davis and any content creator out there especially in the sports space should be doing this i mean maybe i shouldn't be giving away the very obvious tricks of the trade but you might want to like bank a show for thursday or friday because no one's doing shows on thursday or friday that you have the market completely to yourself you might want to think about that yeah, this is this is uh, this is just age old uh, science, and and only the uh, really only the hardest working and the richest of content creation uh, sites are are able to do that because you know just your your average fantasy site they're not going to bother pumping out that content on Thursday or Friday. No, they'll wait till Sunday to get everything back going again. That's probably when I'll be back in to do the live show with Cust and I. But he projected we we asked him for a slash line on Patrick Laird. He said ten DraftKings points. We're like, no. We want like rushing attempts, yards, targets, and everything like that. And he gave us a projection of 12 carries for 60 yards and eight catches for 70 yards and a touchdown, which would have been like 30 DraftKings points. That's a, that's a lot more than 10 DraftKings points. <laughs> yeah. So he was really talking himself in circles on this. But I, let's talk about the Thanksgiving slate, small slate, six games. Do you have any specific strategy for the small slate? Because the one year that I did really well in the wishbone, it was just overloading on the earliest game possible and then pivoting late swapping onto chalk once that hit now you need to hit in the, month, yeah you need to hit in the first game but i think that's the best path but this way this year it's weird because the game everyone wants the players in is the late game 
So I, I would say there are, you know, obviously there are a couple different ways to approach the Thanksgiving Day slate. The first is you play one lineup, you register that lineup in all of the contests, and you just try and play the most optimal plays and then react as the day goes on. So if your lineup does poorly in the first game, you react to that second game, so on and so forth. The other way is to do, you know, the mass multi-entry where you're putting in 150, 300 teams or whatever. Uh, I would say the most optimal way to do that is just to force as much correlation as possible. So every time you use a quarterback, you're using one of their pass catchers and then one of the opposing pass catchers as well. And then the third way is the way that uh, you do it, which is, you know, you're making probably 10 teams by hand and uh, you're, you're doing a combination of trying to force quarterback wide receiver stacks and playing the best plays. Trying to. I probably won't even play 10 teams on Thanksgiving. I'll probably play two or three and just kind of let it ride. Uh, like you, you know, you go to your grandma's place, you have your Thanksgiving, as I assume most people get together with family, where I don't have to do that on Thanksgiving. I'm just going to go to a bar and get wasted and watch these games. So I'll probably just like live bet the games as they're going along. Well, you don't even have, you don't even have, you don't even have a family to pay attention to. You should be, I mean, Pat, you should have like two laptops going firing off prop bets, like editing lineups, playing all the showdown slates. Like that should be a, a prime time for you. That should be big money making because there are a lot of people that play bad lineups on Thanksgiving. Yeah, but here's the thing. Even when I try to play good lineups, I play bad lineups. Well, that is, and and therein lies the mystery of daily fantasy sports. It would be a better situation. I agree with you that the situation itself, the environment is perfect for me to capitalize. The problem is that I'm me. If it was like Drooby in my situation, you know, he'd be a millionaire. Yeah, I mean, Drooby probably will make half a million dollars on Thanksgiving and like, <laughs> and just be sweet, you know, sitting and sweat. Like he'll be sweating the games at dinner and open his phone and be like, "Oh, great, I I won again. That that's fantastic." Yeah, so saw, that's gonna be that's gonna be life for him. I, I saw he had his worst showdown week ever on Sunday. He came second. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, and, and and I believe that he was only tied with two other people, so it was like bigger than some of the wins that other people have where it's like a you know a, a 40 way tie was uh was still 50k to second not too shabby yeah i think he, i think he ended up winning like 50k overall you know bad bad slate for drooby yeah tough scene uh, i believe he tied for first in the 180 dollars single entry too you hate to see it yeah t- tough go uh, if you want to get in on these showdown lineups and use what drooby uses to win all this money maybe you can figure it out as well as he has dailyroto.com use that optimizer if you use the promo code the pme you'll get yourself a discount and that's probably the most fun left in the year like if you have your season-long teams you, know, you keep going with those uh i we're we're in in a controversy not a controversy but people are very upset with me in my home league Mainly because we instituted a rule four years ago that the top five seeds in our, like, top five records in our league all make the playoffs in our 14 person home league. And then the sixth seed gets the wild card. Whoever scores the most points of anyone else who's not currently in the playoffs gets the sixth seed. But it's never actually happened that just the top six teams always end up being the top six teams and it's fine. But this year, I, I'm now on a four-game losing streak, but I have the third most points in the league that I'm going to get in at, like, four and eight. It's Or four and, I guess, maybe four and nine? Yeah. I might yeah, be four, four and nine. I might be four and nine and bounce out a nine and four team from the playoffs, which is hysterical. That is, uh, I mean, that's why that's why you make the rule, right? I, that's a great rule. I actually love, I love systems that reward total points as opposed to head-to-head wins. I, listen, if you finish inside the, t- maybe it won't bounce that guy. He needs to lose. He wouldn't have to finish nine and four. But in the last week, he's in third right now. And technically he has clinched a playoff spot. But if he loses, he has like 200 points less than everybody else. That if he loses, he gets leapfrogged in the standings by like three teams, bumping him to six. Then I would take his spot, which is awesome. Yeah, I, that that's actually how like most of the high stakes fantasy leagues work, like the FFPC main event and stuff. Like there there would literally be a situation where if your team sucks but you just run really hot, you could finish second in the league in record, uh, but but not make the playoffs or make the championship rounds, which I think is hilarious. I think that standings still do matter. That's why we allocate the five spots to the records themselves, but. Like where where it's a it's a three person keeper league, so there's a lot of wheeling and dealing that goes on to trade first round picks next year to stack your teams. This was just sort of an anti tanking measure because I ended up going undefeated a few years ago because my team started one and six, but I had the most points somehow. 
And like, I had the best team, but I, there was no way I could make the playoffs. This was the year before we instituted the rule that I just sold off all of my current pieces, kept all my awesome pieces, and had like five first-round picks and just smoked everyone the next year. This uh, most of the leagues, most of the leagues I'm in, my my league mates like know what I do for a living. They like know that I I do this, and and it just makes trading impossible. Do you do you find that same thing? I find people are very unwilling to offer trades to me. They'll accept trades like if we work it out, but no one's just like firing off deals to me in case they fire me off. I realize that it's a really bad deal. Just auto hit accept. Yeah, I, I got one of those this year. Uh, one of my one of my league mates offered me Calvin Ridley and Philip Dorsett for Devontae Adams, uh, and I was getting Devontae Adams, and then he promptly broke his foot after accepting that deal. So, I maybe 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 I'm not actually the sharp one, Pat. Yeah, the only person I can't win trades with in that league is Cust. For whatever reason, I'm cursed with trading with him. Anytime I trade with him, all my guys immediately get injured. That's just that's that's what he that's what he that's what he brings to the table. He, yeah. he just curses everyone, whether it's whether it's him or whether it's uh, the people involved in the trade. He he can't help it. Running backs on this main slate. Alvin Kamara is the most expensive. He's eighty one hundred dollars. Everyone was willing to jam him in in week twelve on the main slate. Now he's on a Thanksgiving slate against Atlanta. Better run defense than maybe you'd think, but. He's six seven hundred dollars more than Ezekiel Elliott, who's seventy four hundred, and those are the big two. Do you think that most people will try to construct lineups with both of those guys in them? No, I actually think what most people are going to do is they are going to play Alvin Kamara, and then they're going to play one of Montgomery, Tarek Cohen, Bo Scarborough. I, I think that those guys are going to be these super popular plays, and I think that Zeke is for sure going to get overlooked in this slate. So I think uh, if you can figure it out, and there's a lot of cheap plays, and we're going to need to play some just absolute jabronis in our lineup this week. That's always the fun of Thanksgiving, which random loser goes off, and is he in your yep. lineup? The year that I did really well was the Theo Riddick year when he just went hey. you remember You remember who it was last year? Was it that guy on Chicago, Sonor, Mizell Sonor? Legarrett Blunt scored, oh, yes. scored I I don't remember if it was two or three touchdowns and had a hundred rushing yards. I just remember he was in like the world's worst matchup, so no one played him. Yeah, I mean they yeah. So I mean and it, and it is it is the Lions, so but so, they they create the world's worst matchups. On a slate like this, do you think it is wise to go somewhat contrarian? Because I love Zeke's matchup against Buffalo. Buffalo's not good in the interior uh, in the run-stopping game. And you have Dak to keep them honest in the passing game as well. And I think coming off, like I kind of like Buffalo to cover the spread and give them a game here. So I think I would start a lot of teams, Elliott and Singletary, potentially. Yeah, I mean, Elliot. I mean, I probably would not go Elliot and Singletary. I would, I would definitely prefer like Elliot and Bo Scarborough. But just the idea of like you're you are creating your own leverage. Just if you play a lineup without Alvin Kamara, you're already creating leverage. Like if you if you start a lineup, no Alvin Kamara, you you are already sort of guaranteeing to be in the minority of lineups in these large field contests on DraftKings. Well, there's two other ways you can do the Kamara thing. By not using Kamara, you could use Latavius Murray and gain your leverage that way if Murray goes off and gets the touchdowns and Kamara doesn't. Almost a little bit similar to what we saw this weekend with the Saints, but when that game became competitive again and Carolina came back, we saw less and less and less of Murray. If Atlanta had just, or if New Orleans had just stayed out to a gigantic lead, then it probably Murray would have outscored Kamara in that game. So you have that potential. Or or do you just play them both together and don't play any more Saints? Yeah, I actually kind of like the idea of playing Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray together because they're favored by so much, and I think Atlanta is pretty bad. That should, of course, be evidenced by their performance last week. No, I don't no, no, think no, no, that no. They're, uh... Now that we think they're bad again, they'll be good. Well, I, I just think they're bad. Is that, can I just think the Atlanta Falcons are bad? You can if you want, but when we thought they were bad, they reel off two nice wins in a row. Everyone thinks they're good. They get favored and they get smoked by Tampa. Hey, we have the, uh, well, I mean, come on. Everyone picked the Bucks plus four and a half last week, right? That, that, that is, was, that was I, a, I, I think that is true. Yeah, that was a very chalky line. So I think people knew. I think people knew. And uh, uh, don't no, forget that. Hold, hold on, hold on. You say that. When I was looking at the money percentages between the games, the highest bet on side of the week was Atlanta minus four and a half. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't really have a great sense of this stuff. I think every pick that I get right is just mega public and every pick that I, that I get wrong. Like I I'm just stupid and I don't know anything about sports. Like I don't, I don't give myself very much credit when it comes to pick. Like if I get one, right. I, I very rarely think that that was like something sharp that I did. 
See, I had a very middling day with like overall picks, but the games I actually bet on were like pretty good. And then I just decided I had a good day. I don't want to touch the Sunday Nighter, but I really liked the Packers plus three. Glad I uh, didn't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, the Packers, man, they, they, uh, they suck, right? I mean, until this week when they probably win by 30 somehow. They played the Giants. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the Giants, the Giants, they're just every bit as bad as the Bengals, really. Well, the Bengals have Andy Dalton back now. So they have a better quarterback than the Giants, too. Yeah, see, they're looking good to go. They really want to be. (laughs) I think they've identified this Jets game as a game they can win. So I think you might see A.J. Green back this week, too. (laughs) Yeah, well, because Washington has two wins. Miami has two wins. So they can win one game now and not really have to sweat. Yeah, they have the inside track to the first overall pick. So Dalton, I guess, with the win, could put them in contention not to get the number one pick if they get hot. Therefore, he can keep his job. But uh, he probably just wants to leave at this point. Yeah, I mean, what would you want to be quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals? He's gonna I, get his mother. He's gonna get his money either way, right? I would think so. I mean, yes, I would take being the starting quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. I would take that job if if offered to me. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's probably what Andy Dalton wants, and maybe he could go be he maybe he'll go be quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. Uh, they might end up keeping Jameis. He's been playing not so bad. He he is second in the NFL in passing yards and in touchdowns and first in interceptions. First and interceptions, as yeah. if he ever was not going to be. Yeah, this is true. I mean, it, it, I guess Rivers could have challenged him at some point. He's lurking. River, Rivers is just point shaving, man. Rivers is so bad. <laughs> running backs. Let's get back to that. You like Bo Scarborough? I mean, you hate running backs that don't catch passes, and that's him. <sighs> yeah, dude, but he's awesome. That's, that is my counterpoint <laughs> to that. My counterpoint, uh, my counterpoint to you saying that he doesn't catch passes is... Have you seen Go- Bo Scarborough run the ball? He just is fun. I don't know. And and I you know, and my whole deal is I think Chicago sucks. I think that uh, David Montgomery sucks. I think that they are going to lose this game. So if I think all of those things and uh, Detroit is favored by one right now, uh, I, I definitely am going to love uh, playing Bo Scarborough and what I expect to be a good game script. Yeah, opened at plus one Lions, went up to plus one and a half. I just looked at it now. It's now plus two. The Bears are favored by two points now. Well, what are you going to do? Well, the big thing here is like when people go on to DraftKings, they will see that next to all Bears running backs, the big green 31st will pop up for the Lions defense. But their run defense has actually significantly improved since both Mike Daniels and Snacks Harrison are on the field at the same time again. So what? where, where does that lead us in terms of decision making? Co- I would think Cohen over Montgomery for starters. Yeah, I'm I so here's I I don't like to make a ton of bold stances on this no, slate, but no, I No, you don't like to make bold stances on any slate, let alone on, this on, one. On 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 short slates, I don't really like to do this, but I will say this. I I'm not going to be playing David Montgomery. I, neither am I. I mean, I'm yeah. playing so few lineups, I really have to pick and choose here. And I think Elliot's the play. I think Singletary is a really nice play. Do you get into any of the like cheapo running backs? Like, would Quadre Olson make your lineup if Devonta Freeman sits? I think Quadre Olson almost has to make your lineups. At, like, I I think that you guys you can get away with not playing at all um, are like uh, Latavius Murray. Uh, Tariq Cohen, I think you can. Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery would not surprise me if neither of those guys end up on the winning lineups just because it's so hard for Chicago to score points. But I do think mixing and matching these cheap running backs, Scarborough, Hill, Olison, McKissick, like one of these guys is very likely to have the game that that kind of shifts the slate. I'm really torn. I mean, it could be Frank Gore as well if they continue to give him touches inside the 10-yard line. All the goal line, yeah. Yeah. But then you have to worry about Josh Allen stealing those touchdowns. We'll get to Josh Allen when we get to quarterbacks. But Brian Hill is interesting because everyone's just off Brian Hill, especially after Olsen stole a goal line touchdown from him. still playing the Devonta Freeman snaps, though. That's true. And and Devonta Freeman sucks. He's playing 60% of the time. Yeah, and he'll probably get, you know, two, three, four targets. Um, they're not going to give him every goal line snap, but they never gave Devonta Freeman all the goal line snaps. That doesn't necessarily mean that Hill wouldn't get any of the goal line snaps, right? I, I would think so. I just, I'm trying to, if I'm trying to find like someone who's lower owned and cheaper, he strikes me as the guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, I think that, well, 
If I was only playing one lineup, Brian Hill would not be in it, but he would be a guy that I am interested in playing in, um, like, MME for sure. So if I do Elliott and Bo Scarborough as my running backs, I still got some money to play with here. Even at running back two, uh, I think McKissick is live if this game goes the other way. That if the Bears do play to script, they get out to even like a seven-point lead, then we start seeing a lot of J.D. McKissick in the game for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, the issue was Ty Johnson played 27 snaps to McKissick's like 11 last week. Which is really strange, but I guess that game was really close for a while. Like you need, in order for McKissick to happen, really, like he needs to have like six, seven catches for one thing. That would precipitate Chicago getting up by a bunch. Yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously what you would, obviously, I mean, if you were, if you're building a lot of lineups, you know, 150, you make a rule in your optimizer that says, at most one of Bo Scarborough, J.D. McKissick, or Ty Johnson, and then you kind of do with your exposures what you will after that, you know, if you want to be heavier on Ty Johnson or heavier on McKissick. Wide receivers on this slate, Michael Thomas is $9,100, which is strange considering on a full slate he was almost 10000 So you're getting a discount on Michael Thomas at this point. He is 91 then it drops all the way down to Julio, who I don't think he's going to play. Would uh, it would really open up this slate if he does not play? So let's for sure. Okay, let's say he does play or he's a game time decision. He would almost have to be a late swap guy because this is the late game, right? Yeah, I mean, you would have to have two V2s ready, uh, or you would just have to be ready to um, eat the missing salary and just and just mass swap to Calvin Ridley. So let's pretend like he's not playing for the sake of this conversation. I mean, I don't hate using Julio Jones, especially because I doubt Marshawn Lattimore is going to be playing either. It just seems like he misses two weeks. Now it's a short week. Doubtful he returns. Yeah, it seems it seems doubtful. Yeah, I would agree with you. So Michael Thomas, then it would go to Allen Robinson at $6,700. Ridley at 66. John Brown at 63. Galladay at 61. Then you have Cooper, Gallup, Marv, and Randall Cobb. I, I know you love Randall Cobb. This is a weird, I can't really figure out this Buffalo defense. The secondary is really good. They're bad at stopping the run off the middle, good against the edges. I, I just worry that Cooper was just shut down by Stephen Gilmore because everyone gets shut down by Stephen Gilmore, but he's still gimped up and he gets Tredavious White. Like that's not a great spot. Is it, if you're going to play the Dallas passing game, just go to Gallup and Cobb? Yeah, I, well, okay. So here's the thing. Amari Cooper is a very different player when they play at home versus when they play on the road, when they play, uh, when they play on, when they play at home, he's amazing. I, I think here's, here's, here's a take for you, Pat. I think that he is soft and I think that he can't play outside. Now there's a hot take on a short slate and everything. Yeah. And, and, but like, this is something like his home road splits as a member of the Dallas Cowboys have been so extreme that I do kind of think there is something to it. So do you think that people will avoid Cooper because of all of this stuff? Like just, 100%. So maybe he's 100%, the, but he's uh, it's like anytime that Tyree kill is on a short slate, Amari Cooper almost falls into the same bucket. He's not as good, but he is a slate breaking presence. Yeah, I, I so last, I mean, if people remember, last Thanksgiving was his big Thanksgiving game. That were that was like his big Cowboys game. I think he scored three touchdowns and had like like 210 receiving yards on Thanksgiving. So Amari Cooper is going to be my biggest position relative to the field 100%. So of the guys above that, are you like if you could only jam in one of Kamara or Michael Thomas, which one would it be? Uh Kamara because running back I think is worse I think there are a lot more I think a lot more options were were there so if Julio, and, uh, like if Julio sits then who would be your most expensive receiver do you think uh Ridley right Ridley if, if Julio sits Ridley is just like the lock of locks you think so yeah I don't know about that I can just see he's gonna he's gonna project can, he's gonna project for so many on. points. He will project for so many points, but just from a schematic type of like projection forward, you can just see New Orleans focusing all their attention. Hey, let's just take this guy out and let all these other losers try to beat us. Well, uh, I mean, then does it become Russell Gage season? Are we yeah. just are we just all in on Russell Gage? You would if Julio sits, he would be the guy that I'd probably be all in on. Yeah, at forty five hundred, but so would everyone else. I, I, I will be 
I mean, yes. So in a, in a, in a, like a, a football sense, you would think, okay, what's going to happen? Are we going to let Calvin Ridley run free or are we going to, are we going to just, you know, throw some, throw our best corner on him and, and try to disrupt their offense in other ways. Sure. But I mean, Calvin Ridley is going to have with Austin Hooper out and, and Julio Jones out and Devonta Freeman out. I mean, he might project for like 29% of the team's targets or something crazy. And it's just going to be hard for me to not play that. Any Lions receivers you can see making it in? Because people will have, with Driscoll having the down game, I think that you can make some hay by going like Driscoll, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, and just hope that hits. Uh, yes, I, I would like, so So, just if you think about it, who is going to, who has the ability to break the slate? $6,100 Kenny Galladay, I mean, like, like you think that that guy can't get 25 with Jeff Driscoll as his quarterback? No, the, the only worry about Driscoll is, and I talked about this with Sal on the waiver wire show, is that even though Driscoll had a bad game, he still had what uh, equaled a touchdown and a half on rushing yards. That you worry about Driscoll is the one that holds them back by trying to do it all himself. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that is a real thing, and it's definitely a real thing around the goal line. But Kenny Galladay is such a, uh, you know, just like go up and get it with, uh, with, with like bad passes. Like, it's not like a lot of these passes that Kenny Galladay is getting are like perfect dimes for Matt Stafford. He just is like, he, he's really good down the field. And, you know, it's not like the Bears have been this crazy stout defense this year. Like, they've been, they've been good, but they have not been. Uh, like the 85 bears or whatever. So like, yeah, I, I think Galladay is great. Uh, would you throw Marvin Jones into that too? Like if you're going to play a stack this week, I feel like you want to go like an onslaught stack, but I just, I don't, there's only one bear that I really like and it's Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller is uh, he's trending all the way up. He's played over 80% of the snaps the last two weeks and he's been targeted uh, 20 times. And do you, do you know, do you know why? I wonder if you have an opinion on why. I don't know why it's because they don't have tight ends and, and the whole Nagy offense ah. is all built around that. It's called in his offense. It's called the U tight end position. They tried to have this, uh, Oh man, we're, we're going so deep here. Bracken, there's, a, there's is it Bracken? No dude. D- deeper, deeper than Ben Brockenauer. Uh, JP converted. Deeper, deeper, buddy. Oh, they activated this convert. They they activated this converted wide receiver who played at Princeton in college. His name is Jesper Horstead to play some of that U tight end role this last week. He actually caught a pass on a screen from Mitch Trubisky. But the easiest answer is just to play uh, ten personnel with Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller both out there, and uh, to use Anthony Miller in that move, you know, quote unquote tight end role. Or you try to just work a, like, I'm shocked they don't run more. They did a bit this week, but I'm shocked they don't run more uh, two running back sets. Yeah, I, I I mean, they should, right? Because they, they started the year. If, if people remember that first game against Green Bay, they started out the year with a play with Mike Davis, Tariq Cohen, and David Montgomery all on the field. And all three running backs played a ton in that game, and they just have went more and more away from it. Um, as we will find out at $4,700, you have both a guy that no one wants to play because he seems a bit expensive. He's in a really good situation in this matchup against Dallas, and it's a revenge game, and he has the best pitcher on any board all season. Cole Beasley is $4,700, and I'm trying to figure out if I want to play Driscoll or Josh Allen at my cor- as my quarterback, and I might just play Allen with Beasley. I mean, dude. Josh Allen, do you do you know that Josh Allen has scored the fifth most fantasy points of all players this year? That doesn't surprise me, considering I I have him as my quarterback. People laughed at me when I was drafting Josh Allen Davis. Laughed at people. Me. Pe- people just they 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 never ever 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 understand about uh, running. People they, like and this here's here's a thing. There are people out there who will tell you now, like, oh, I knew Lamar was going to be good. I drafted Lamar on my fantasy team. Do you know what was happening all summer when I was telling people to draft Kyler and draft Dak and draft Josh Allen? Uh, people were saying, oh, these guys can't throw. They're they're never going to make it. They're they're gimmicks. Yada yada. Nothing matters in fantasy at quarterback more than running. Not not TD rate for passes. Nothing. Nothing matters more than rushing. So of these cheapo quarter, I guess we have Anthony Miller and Cole Beasley. Then you can do whatever you want at the top because those that's enough savings. Uh, And if you want to jam in two high price guys or three high price guys on this slate, and you have to like go down in the wide receiver pricing, is there anyone from down here like? 
Does if Julio sits, does Justin Hardy become viable? I would be worried about that Atlanta situation because Hardy is when he has played in the past for them, he's played in the slot where Gage would play, but Gage would play there. So uh, this Christian Blake guy has actually been playing more than Justin Hardy. But the other thing they could do my, my, this guy, Jaden Graham, doesn't, he seems kind of like shifty. Like maybe it seems like he can play a little bit and he might be the beneficiary of the extra playing time. So yeah, Christian Blake, 44% of the snaps last week. And a lot of that coming with Julio out Jaden Graham, 66% of the snaps. I mean, but then, then that's probably like your punt tight end, right? Right. But like, so I guess the reason I would bring Jaden Graham up is he is like a receiving tight end. Luke Stalker is like uh, a fancy right tackle, but Jaden Graham would profile as a guy who would actually catch passes in the NFL. All right. So not, so I, I guess the guy that we would go to in this situation, if you were to roll the dice would be Christian Blake, who's the min $3,000 at receiver. Marvin Hall is probably not going to play for the lions and maybe Amendola gets a bit more run. Uh, yeah, I mean, Amendola, uh, well, wouldn't, wouldn't it actually probably be either Hawkinson or, uh, or Virginia Tech's finest Logan Thomas with a receiving touchdown last week? Yeah, but Logan Thomas played because Hawkinson wasn't playing. I don't think that Hawkinson's going to end up playing and Amendola. It's not that Marvin Hall and I mean, Marvin Hall and Danny Amendola do two completely separate things. One's a short a dot player. One's a vertical stretch player, but if he's just not there, maybe Amendola just gets on the field more. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think that that is a scenario that could play out. And, and I actually love um, on, these, on these short slates where just like finding guys who can theoretically get you 10 PPR points is valuable. I, I do kind of love playing Amendola on those slates. Well, he is the sort of player that could grease his way to a six for 40. Exactly. I mean, that's like what he does. Right. And, and uh, a rule that I would set though, if you are looking for Detroit value is at most one of McKissick or Danny Amendola, because before carry on Johnson got hurt, McKissick was actually playing slot wide receiver for them. Fuck, Hawkinson did play yesterday. I thought he didn't play. Weird. He played, he played some, he was yeah. clearly hampered. Yeah. yeah he, he didn't he, play the whole game. He played 44% of the snaps. Jesse James, who I didn't even realize was on the lions played 43% of the snaps. Logan Thomas played 37%. Hall played 13 before he got hurt. Then Amendola got ticked up to 61%. Yeah. So, so Hawkinson was active, but he was active, right? Like it was like he, he was out there and red. I, I did not watch a ton of this game. My guess is would be is that he played some on third downs and some in the red zone. So Cordero Patterson, huh? Come on. How are you not running out the Eskimo brother on Thanksgiving, given that uh, he could swing the slate with a rushing touchdown or a kick return touchdown and uh, you know, 11 targets on the year. So he's got, he's got that going for him. I think I'd rather just play Anthony Miller. I can see a lot of people getting sucked into Traquan at 35 after he caught a touchdown. No, Anthony Miller is clearly the best cheap wide receiver play. I completely agree with you. Yeah. So he's 3,900 bucks. So between him, Gage and Cole Beasley, I think you can figure it out. Correct. And you can like, how much money are you willing to leave on the table on a slate like this? Like, I don't think you should be leaving like two grand on the table. You leave like a couple hundred bucks. You're probably good to go. I, yeah, uh, a thing that we talk about a lot for showdown is just in whatever optimizing tool you are using at the time, uh, just raising the amount of salary used or lowering the amount of salary used in each lineup from 50000 to 49800 I, I think that's a pretty intriguing idea on this slate. Tight ends. Jared Cook is the only healthy one above 4000 There's only two above $4,000. Uh, Hooper would be 5900 but he's probably not going to play. Then you have Jared Cook at 48 who I just assume everyone is going to use except for me because I hate Jared Cook. But like his ownership could be like 90%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, he is going to be the... You know what? He's actually going to be the most owned player of the slate, probably, I would think. I, I would think so, too, just because of the complete dearth of options. But I would rather save the money and play... I don't know, Jaden Graham or Dawson Knox. 
Uh, Jaden Graham is looking like a guy that I'm going to take a position on, I, I would think, given that I think that uh, he is a pretty decent athlete. I think that he has a role in this offense. And uh, the other guy that I'm really interested in playing is Blake Jarwin, who just has he's increased his targets and his snap share each of the last three weeks. And uh, he's not horrible like uh, Jason Witten is. Yeah, but you don't think that this is going to be a situation where it, this really feels, and maybe you can play contrarian to this and just play down receivers with Dak if you wanted to mm-hmm. but this really feels like an establish the run type game from Dallas oh I'm playing a lot of Dak Prescott Dak Prescott uh, coming off of really his only bad fantasy well okay no the Saints game as well uh, but that now he gets this uh, Buffalo defense at home they've been they've been good this year they have not I'll, I'll go look at their football outsider stuff but I know that they have uh, trailed off a little bit after a, a great start uh, so uh, on a D- yeah, they're ninth. They're the ninth best passing defense uh, DVOA. So they're fine. But you know, this is not, this is not the steel curtain. No, 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 not at all. But I think I would probably, like I said, I'd probably rather play just because I mean, how many people are even going to know? Um, I mean, Dawson Knox, a lot of people used him last week. He didn't end up doing anything. So you know, that that's a tough look, but Jaden Graham, like, did people even know people will see G Graham. They have a higher likelihood of thinking that's Jimmy Graham and clicking on him. Yeah, I mean, sir, it's like, dude, so like, I don't know what people do actually at tight end. Like I, I, this is a, a fantastic little experiment that DraftKings is running here because what if, what if Hawkinson ends up being an active that that could happen. Right. Like, like, you know, maybe they just decide over the course of the week, you were banged up last week. Let's not run you out in this game. Then we have Jared Cook and then we have no other fantasy relevant tight ends. But, you know, for a like, we know for a fact, one of these other tight ends, the odds suggest that they will outscore Jared Cook. I I think it's going to be Jaden. I think I'm just going to use Jaden Graham in all my lineups and pray it works out. So we've, uh, we've, we've, this is where we, this is where we are. I talked you into Jaden Graham. Yeah. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously Hooper would need to be out for this to happen, but yeah, he's going to run all these routes. He's playing 65% of the snaps anyway. No Julio in a game where they should be trailing. Give it to me. Hook it into my veins. Jaden Graham. All right. I'm going to, you know what, Pat, I'm riding with you. I, I want Thanksgiving to be fun. I'm going to have a sweat Thanksgiving night. So we are just, I'm going to, I'm going to bump Jaden Graham. I'm going to be playing him a ton. You're, you're going to go to the stall at the bar and go bump some J- Jaden Graham? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to bet him first touchdown. Ooh, I bet he's like 30 to 1. I don't even know. Like, those odds aren't out yet while we're recording this. But, I mean, I sometimes I fall into the trap of betting first touchdown when I should just bet any touchdown. So I'm, I'm curious to see what his props are. He might be after, He might be a guy on Thanksgiving I have to go all in on. Uh, yeah, I, I think that I, and you know what, as soon as it's out, DM me or, or tweet at me so the people can get on it too, to remind me to bet this because I, I want in on this. Okay. Quarterback. What are we doing a quarterback? I said Driscoll or Josh Allen would probably be my guy. Dak scares me. Breeze scares me. Matt Ryan scare me. They all scare me on this slate, but I know that people will go to them. I don't think that people will go to Josh Allen unless he's like the guy who gets talked up. I could see more people going to Trubisky over Driscoll, but I would just rather have Driscoll and Josh Allen and hope this is one of these games where the rushing comes through and they just break everybody. So I would rank the quarterbacks, not in terms of raw fantasy points, but in terms of my interest of using them, Dak, Josh Allen, Driscoll, Breeze, Ryan, Trubisky. Uh, I probably will just not play Trubisky at all. Because of the name, are you going to play Taysom Hill at 4,000? No, well, will not be. <laughs> so in, in a week like this, where you probably can afford a top option, are we just being stupid by not saying, hey, let's play Drew Brees? <laughs> except drew Brees, you know he's you know he's never like he's he's not adding any rushing upside and and really i would say this game he had against arizona that's kind of his ceiling so 28.9 that's a great game right that's that's 300 passing yards and three touchdowns but dak i think can pretty easily do 303 and add a little bit of rushing and josh i mean josh allen could get 25 with one touchdown just kind of how he plays so i i i think that breeze is actually like a little bit of the square play I, I agree that he'll end up being the square play just because you can afford him, but that doesn't always make it the wrong play. Yeah. So I no, it's it's not the wrong play, but I am not I'm not as interested in him as I am uh, with the guys who can run a little bit. Like I, I think even Driscoll. 
Yeah, is, is I, I, I'm with you. If I play three lineups, then my quarterback rotation will probably be two Josh Allen lineups and one Driscoll lineup. Maybe I'll play four just for the hell of it, so I have an even balance of it. Do you, we got to get I just one weekend, one slate. I want you to use the daily roto tools to 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 enter 150 lineups just to go galaxy brain and just to do it. Uh, I played the biggest losers anyway. And I play 10 lineups. Can you imagine where I'd be going to playing 150 lineups? I can't. I really can't imagine. Like, honestly, like, like that, what you would spit out running 150 just sounds great. Like, uh, especially if I did it on this slate. Do you know how much Ben Brackenhauer I would have in my lineup or Ben Braunhecker, whatever the hell that guy's name is? No, it's, it's Jesper Horstead season. Season. Jesper Horstead. Well, you say he's from Princeton. I bet you he knows the playbook really well. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet he does. I mean, he's a converted wide receiver. This is like the definition of a guy that like I'm going to be way too in on. Like I added him in all my dynasty leagues this last week after like he got activated. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm like I, I'm going to roster him a little bit, which is like too much. It's not good of me. No, don't do it. Use use Jaden. What the hell was the guy's name again? <laughs> Jaden Graham. Jaden Graham. Hundred percent. Jaden Graham. That's the move. I I don't know. I don't know about a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Don't don't be a coward, Davis. Come on. Whatever the field is, I'm going to be double on Jaden Graham. Maybe even triple. Well, considering we just said that Jared Cook's going to be like ninety percent owned. I mean, make a real stand. At least it's going to be. It's going to be ninety percent. At least ninety percent Graham. Yeah. At least. At least. I'll be a hundred percent. How about that? That you're you're a real man. That's, that's, that's how I do it. That's how I lose my monies. Defenses. Would you try to correlate this with anything? Because on a main slate, you probably don't need to. But like, if you can get some sort of like Bears defense Cordero Patterson double right. points, that could really come through for you. So I'm not going to try and go too hard on the correlations. What I am going to do is I'm going to loosen the restrictions in uh, the Daily Road Optimizer to allow two uh, offensive players against every defense because other than like a cheap wide receiver or running back going for 20, the biggest slate breaker on these short slates is going to be one defense that outscores all the other defenses by, you know, 10 points, whether that be via a touchdown, whether that be via a bunch of sacks. But I could definitely, like, couldn't you see a scenario where Jeff Driscoll goes for 18? Kenny Galladay gets 15, but the Bears defense gets two special teams touchdowns, and that ends up being the right combination. You know, if you need Michael Thomas and Jared Cook and Ezekiel Elliott, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray play pretty fast and loose with the defenses this week. Do you, Do you have a particular favorite? Because I do like the Lions against Trubisky. Uh, my yeah, my favorite defense. Uh, if I if I had to rank them in terms of how I want to roster them, it's gonna be. Lions, Saints, Cowboys, Bills, Bears. I, and then I probably just won't use the Falcons at all. I, I I might just like stone cold exclude them. Well, there you have it. The play is the Falcons then. Plays it. There you go. The, Get ba- on them. The, the Bears are really interesting considering Driscoll went down six times against Washington and threw three picks. Like maybe just even if you play Driscoll's be like, Hey, hopefully the bears score the two defensive touchdowns, or maybe you play bears D with Cohen or with Patterson. I mean, Cohen, since he returns, he returns punts, right? And Cordero returns kickoffs. Isn't that how it works? Best. I mean, he's the best kick returner in NFL history per the data. Who? Patterson. Give give me vintage Devin Hester. Why am I I so old? I can't remember names. Joe Joe Horn. No, give me Dante Hall. I thought it was I thought it was Joe Horn who was the real goat. No, Joe Horn would I don't think he returned games. See, here's the thing. Most of these guys you think of that you remember as great returners, they were actually all punt returners. They they did they did yeah, most yeah, of their yeah. stuff on punts. H- Hester did both though. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is CP leads the NFL history in yards per kick return. Yeah, but That's no one, I'm saying. Yeah, but no one returns kicks anymore. They're all touchbacks. That's why it's more impressive. Like, do you understand it's more impressive that he's doing it now when no one returns them and when the defense is five yards closer? It's actually more, it's like he has a degree of difficulty that people in the past did not have. Or you can say it the other way. You make one guy miss and just there's no one behind him anymore. The guys aren't further back towards their own goal line. No, because then other, like, he, he is, he is, like way above everyone. Like if you go look at the kick return yardage leaderboard, it's like a bunch of dudes from 1970 and Cordell Patterson. 
Well, I think I not that I want to bank on return touchdowns as anything, but I think I'd bank on a punt return touchdown over a kickoff return touchdown. That, I'm sure, I, I have no idea the probability of which one is more or less likely. Well, punt, but either punt, way, punt, this is this a way. very punt return touchdowns happen far more often than kickoff return touchdowns with the new rules. Yes, yeah, definitely. So Cohen and Bears D would probably Bears D might be the play to tell you the truth. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe they are. I don't know. It's not like Driscoll couldn't take like eight sacks. Yeah, and I'm not saying that you can't play Driscoll if you play Bears defense. We just kind of talked through that. But overall upside, not that the Bears defense is all that great, but if they can just get up in this game and then Driscoll is just passing the entire time, you're looking pretty good. Right, yeah, exactly. But Saints D, objectively, if there was no salary next to their names, would probably be the play. Yeah, but I mean, like on these short slates, though, that like every, like every like $100 increment, like, like uh, spills out through the rest of the lineup though. So it does matter. So bears D plus Jaden Graham. I see my team's already won, but I, I might even have to put in a lineup. They I don't, might, how do you might, even, how do you even lose? T- like you should, you should just register this 150 times in every contest and just, just come top 150 in every contest. Yeah. And, and just, and just hang dong all over everybody. That would be, I, I look forward to a day where that happens for someone that, that would be very impressive. It's happened some times in uh, in showdown. smaller sports. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, maybe in showdown, but I know I've seen it happen like in soccer where someone uh, max enters their train, whether it be 150 or 20 times, and that ends up being the, the, the winning team. Someone did that in my golf contest in like July or something. They It's only a three max, but they entered the same team three times, came just tied for first with all three of their teams. Well, yeah, I mean that's uh that that's how you that's how you win a lot of money. <laughs> Apparently, you just have to hit the nuts and you're good to go. So yeah, Bears D, Graham, figure out the rest. A lot of Cole Beasley and Anthony Miller. With that team, I can afford all the good guys too. Yeah, so you can play. Are you gonna? Are you just gonna double up Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas? Like just no cares in the world. I think you, it's probably right. If I can afford it, yes. I think even with that base, I still can't. I, I, I am very interested in finding teams where the two of them are in there together. If I use Thomas and Kamara, I would have $4,600 left over. So let's say I use Driscoll because he's the cheapest and I don't want to use Trubisky. I would have $4,500. Yeah, you can do it. Like it's not, it's actually far more feasible than I thought it would be. Can I play Elliot yeah. too? If I play Elliot, then I have $4,000. Yeah, you can definitely do this. Yeah, it's it's possible. I just like I don't know. Like so, like the 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 thing that's going to end up happening for tournaments is okay. Kamara is going to get twenty one. Michael Thomas is going to get twenty nine. But then you know Ridley or John Brown or Kenny Galladay or two or three of these guys. You know two or three of those guys gets twenty. Then all of a sudden you're looking at okay. Well, there's no way that a Michael Thomas Alvin Kamara team can be optimal. Maybe so. Who is a gauge? engage yeah like i can squeeze in kamara elliott and michael thomas into a lineup that i like and still have 500 dollars left over I'm yeah putting, it's putting, uh putting this yeah, line that's what here. you should do i'm putting this lineup in right what's the later game yeah so i have this right put remember yeah. to put remember to put your uh falcons or saints players uh in the flex spot in the that, flex that, yeah that, that's, that's uh that's that's huge that's huge for this because there will definitely be um like there will be scenarios where the late swap brings you from not making money to making money and put your most expensive player uh, from that game into the flex. If you can in the flex, like, yeah. like make Michael Thomas, your flex guy, basically. Yeah, correct. Cause then you could swap onto Julio if you're way behind. There you go. Yeah. He, I mean, if, that's if a, that active. is a very ideal swap, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Davis Maddock. Sorry about Patrick Laird week. Dude. I got so many engagements. I got so many follows. I got so much content. I, I could never be upset. I was trying not to pay attention to it, but I saw you and Siege going back and forth and DC jumped in as Siege and I was just very confused. Yeah, I I, I, I have to admit, I actually think DraftCheat got me. I don't think I realized that it was him. Oh, really? What do you mean you don't think you realized? You know I, now. I like- you, you know now. So either you did realize or didn't realize. Well, as in, I have so many Twitter interactions on like a like a per day basis that like sometimes it just it just comes out in the wash. All right. DC doing the Lord's work on Twitter, doing the, the Laird's work. work. He's doing the Laird's work. Brother Laird. Tell me about the take cast and what you got going on this week. 
So, uh, you know, we have the episode that you and I did, which is that's going to be great Thanksgiving listening if you have not gotten to it yet. But also we have the uh, NBA cast that we do every Monday with Drew Dinkmeyer and Michael Gallagher. Uh, That's under season two of the show. We know some people that listen to the show. They don't like the NBA. They don't like the basketballs. That's cool. You don't have to listen to it. But Drew and Mike and I do really like doing that show. So that comes out on Mondays. That uh, goes for about an hour and just kind of gets you caught up on everything that we have going on. I have a couple guests coming up that are that I'm working on, uh, like setting up a time for. One of them uh, is is big for me, a guy whose books I've read a lot of. But Pat, it's another soccer episode, so it's going to be one that you're able to skip. I'll download it still. I mean, I always, I always and that's, download. And that's why that's why you are my friend, because yeah. even you know, I still download your UFC episodes, even though I've never listened to one. Paul is very upset. You should see the look on Paul's face right now. Is he so mad at me right He's now? Very mad. Sorry, Paul. Sorry, buddy. The the one show that Paul hosts, you don't listen to. Dang. Well, maybe maybe I'll listen to it this week. Is it, it going to be out on Thursday? There is no UFC this week. No UFC this week, Paul. Come on. We, we don't. It's not on my games. schedule then. It, the The funny part is, it is the most profitable show you could listen to on my feed. Oh, because they just smash the picks. Yeah, I have heard you say that before. They just get like everything right. Yeah, so you could listen to me and you and get everything wrong on the sports that you care about, or just listen to the UFC show, take the information, and print money. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather be entertained than lose, and I think that my career has proven that. Yeah, I do want to give a special shout-out to three countries in particular. I'm looking at the iTunes charts right now. Currently first in Lithuania in fantasy sports, so thank you out there, people in Lithuania. Don't be afraid to leave a review. Fourth in the Netherlands at the moment, and third in Iceland. So... We're bringing we're bringing the show on the road, Davis. You want to come to me with to Lithuania, the Netherlands, and I Iceland? would I would I would go with you to Lithuania for sure, hundred percent. I'm I'm there. Out of those three places, Lithuania is the one that really intrigues you. You want to go to the Baltic states? Yeah, I'm very interested in the Baltics and in Eastern Europe because that's where my people are from. Where are your people from? From uh from Czechoslovakia, I guess it's the it's the Czech Republic now, but that's where that's where my people are from. Well, is it the Czech Republic or are they from Slovakia? They are from well, when they came over here, it was Czechoslovakia. When yeah. where 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 like my cousins and stuff are now is the Czech Republic, not Slovakia. Okay. Ninth in the United States. We need to pick this up. United States. Come on. How they, are you not number one? Uh, I can easily assure you I know why I'm not number one. <laughs> disrespectful well i mean the footballers have that on lockdown man <laughs> well yeah they're the they're they're never uh they're never not gonna be number one no them espn and cbs uh, are like one two three always and uh, the the new one the espn daily that mina kimes that's that that is just that's slotted up above us again forever yeah but i don't think that falls under fantasy sports Oh, I'm talking about getting you to number one in sports sports. Oh, dude. my God. If I got to number one in sports, I'd do one show and retire. I, I'd be set for life. It's a one Bill Simmons. Bill, Bill Simmons never retires. No, he doesn't, but he just prints money now. God, he's got to be so rich. I would think so. He's been doing the BS report for, like, I, I him and Sal were talking about it the other day, like, 15 years. You serious? Like he was doing like I like the BS report might have been like the first widely distributed sports podcast of all sports podcasts. Oh, I see getting the game early. I mean, that's how I was able to build a following in fantasy because for a while I was the only person with a podcast. I started doing a podcast over a decade ago now and and I, I stopped uploading on the feed like really, really brutal mistake looking back on it. Yeah, that's terrible. I've had my feed now since 2010, I think. So it's been almost a decade. Yeah, I've had, I've had, I had that feed since 2012 and, and stopped using it, which is. Is it still active? Like, could you start uploading to it again? No, I deleted it. I like deleted the feed. Like it's, it's gone, dude. So you just took a big bag of cash and lit it on fire. Yeah, that's, um. It's not, it's not great to think about. I mean, no one listened to that podcast, but more than zero people listen to it, I guess. Yeah, so it's always better than... And it's in, like, Google-wise, everything like that. It's where it's yep. so old, it would be ingrained that if you propped it up, it would be very easy to get it going again. 
Correct. Yeah. So yeah. just a, a big L, a big L to be had there. Minus EV takes from da- at Davis Maddock on Twitter, but subscribe to the take cast. You can hear me on there and all of your other guests for those sports that I don't like soccer. Well, also sports that people do like, and also uh, the, the Simpsons episode I thought was great too. That was a really good one. I agree. That's it. That's evergreen. If you're, if you're listening to this right now, it's Thanksgiving, you're getting ready for the games and you're like, dude, I like, don't know what I am going to do. There you go. Go listen to the Simpsons episode. It's really good. I mean, you can go listen to the entire Cuss Corner collection. There are 22 installments for people to listen to. Each Love it. As crazy as the next. Love that for you guys. There is one episode where Tim ranked his conspiracies as least likely to most likely to being true. It's probably the best one. All right. Maybe, maybe that will be, uh, maybe that will be on my, uh, maybe that will be on my list. I think, the, it's, uh, I, th- I think it's I think it's episode episode three of Cuss Corner. If out of all like the major conspiracies, I'll throw this to you. Which one do you think is the most plausible? Because I said the moon landing. Well, I don't believe it was staged. Is the most plausible to have been staged? That I think that just melted my mind. Do you see what I'm saying though? Like I can see yeah the path to how you could fake that and cover it up with some degree. Like with some, I don't think that you could, but. You know, of all like the like over like flat earth, I think I'll take faking moon landing over flat earth. Well, I used to think that a lot of conspiracy theories were true. And then I realized that the only reason that many conspiracy theories exist is for like these very far right people to discredit, uh, just to spread disinformation. No, 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 no. You, you, you should not cast aspersions on the extreme far right. It's just crazy people. Yeah, just, I, I don't think that you need to throw them in any sort of political affiliation just crazy people like this stuff are you are you not familiar with my brand pat i am all about casting aspersions on people i don't like yeah this is true but i think that you should just open up your heart and like more people like pat mayo does pat mayo likes a lot of people i like a very small subset of people and one of us is much more successful than the other i'll let you guess which is which hey who's the one who's never really attacked unless it's something really really horrible on twitter it's true no one ever no one trolls you it's crazy how you don't really get trolled i guess you don't really have that many trollable positions i guess i i mean i do but i don't engage like you do so i think that's the difference yeah i but my responses to the trolls begets more trolls because there's nothing a troll likes more than getting a response yeah like if someone tries to troll me i just mute them and move on move on with the rest of my day yeah i have i've gotten i've gotten uh blocks or i've started blocking more people over like the last year compared to like what i used to do in the past i don't think i actually have ever blocked anyone besides like remember when spam bots used to be big on twitter yeah that like like a couple years ago not really anymore yeah i used to just block those accounts because i thought like if i blocked one maybe they would stop following me yeah turns out they just kept coming yeah it happens anyway do you do you do you use the twitter app on my phone on your phone yeah. So have you noticed over the last like two months, like getting a ton more ads? Yeah. Like, it, well, it's always like, cause like, if you go to Instagram stories, like whatever story you click on, that's fine. Before you can go to the next person, it's always an ad. And I think it's like every three that there's an ad on Twitter. I basically get three tweets in my timeline. Then it's a promoted ad. Yeah. So I just block every ad. Like, I don't care if it's a good thing. I don't care if it's a politician I like. I don't care if it's a brand I like. I just I just block. Uh, I actually had someone message me the other day and be like, hey, man, why did you block my work account? And I was like, dude, promoted feed. I'm not into it. I'm, I'm blocking that. I, I, there, we put up with so much advertising. I'm not dealing with advertising in my Twitter feed. If I thought that it would limit the amount of ads that would actually show up, I would probably do it. But I, I think you're just going to get, like, there's an unlimited amount of ads and they're always well, going here's to the show thing. up. If, if everyone did this, if not even everyone, if 25% of people who were getting inundated with these ads started blocking every account, that feedback would get to the people paying for the advertisements. You know, these advertising firms that recommend, oh, we should advertise on Twitter or on social media. That would feed, That would funnel back to those advertising agencies and those marketing experts. And they would say, okay, well, we don't want to add, we don't want to advertise on Twitter. That's horrible. You know, we're just, we're actually costing ourselves future business by getting blocked or by getting reported. So I, I think uh, it would make it a net negative to advertise on Twitter. If you know, 25% of people did that. 
Yeah, but then I have to engage with those tweets every time I go on Twitter because there's always one up there that I'd rather just not spend the time and just go past it and not let it bother me. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, it's just this. It's one of these. It's one of these battles I've chosen to undertake, Pat. All right, Davis Maddock, like I mentioned, at Davis Maddock on Twitter, Take Cast Podcast. If you want to get into a draw for twenty DK dollars, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. And tell me, like, which jabroni that you're playing that, you know, no one else is playing in a super cheap for the Thanksgiving slate. Also, for Jaden Graham season. No, no, he's he's no longer he's he's lifted from jabroni status. Now he's in 100 percent of my lineups, which means you probably shouldn't use him. But who is the other guy? Casey Blake. Christian Blake. Christian Blake. Maybe he's the guy for the Falcons. Yeah. Javon Wims. Is he going to be active? No, so they 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 have just for, they they have promoted Anthony Miller ahead of him now. All right, so like yeah. for real, Anthony Miller is too too big of a name for this contest. But if you want to get to a draw for sixty DK dollars, I'm giving away multiple winners. And if you did it last week, you can do it again this week. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Audio Podcast, five star review, especially if you're in like Lithuania. DraftKings handle something nice about the show, and you'll be in the draw for sixty DK bucks. I'll announce the winners on next Monday show, one p.m. Eastern time, on the DraftKings YouTube channel and the Pat Mayo Experience Facebook page. Thank you all for watching. Have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Even if you hate your family, just you know, put on a smile for the day. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.